Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Warnounds, a privateer press podcast. I'm Locke, he's Caster, and today we will be talking about a Warcaster Battle Report. Welcome everyone to episode 9 of War Nouns. And uh, this battle report we're going to be talking about, I just want to start off with a quick disclaimer. I don't feel like editing tonight, so I apologize in advance for that. Uh, We also have a lot of rules lookups. Has it been a little while since we've played, so... And we also tried this thing where we, like, recorded it and then transcribed it later so we wouldn't have to take notes, and that was very large and very huge mistake, and it will not happen again. Not doing that Next time, we'll just take notes as we play the game. Yes. So, uh, with all those disclaimers out of the way, um, let us uh, talk about who played and what they played. Would you like to begin? So, I played. And I played the um, AC. Our Turnus Continuum. Yes. And then our Circle played against me, and since we only own two factions, he played the other faction we own, which is Marcher Worlds. Yep. So it's and this is the same circle player from the other battle report. We need to get different people in battle reports. We yeah. Or we need to play into a battle report of us playing. Yeah, we need to get it in a game. Man, eh, we're gonna have to work on that, folks. Yep. All right, so um, let's go ahead and talk about uh, what you guys took. Uh, so so we we both only have like the basic battle box, and then we have um. Some extra solos. Yeah, some extra solos, basically. Uh, we have some wild card pieces, but they were not used. Um, we have heroes. Each of us has the hero. Yes, that were used. Yeah. But um, so, um, my starting makeup was, um, it was a weaver, the unit, and the jack. Yep, the reaver squad. The uh, reaver unit. squad unit, yep. and the jack. And uh, our circle player, uh, or marcher player, I think I will refer to him as uh, from here at this point, uh, he took uh, two hunter solos, a range uh, ranger fire team, and a weaver uh, to start with. Now, um, this was, this was, was this his first game or his second game? This was his second game. Okay. Uh, and it was also your, I think your third game? Something like that. Yeah. Um, so the the setup that I took, that's my sort of my preferred setup for um, playing Warcaster. I like having the, the unit, the weaver, and the jack. I just like mm, having them on yeah. the table, right out. I'll bring all the solos and anything else I need in later. Yeah. I like to have, I just like to get that stuff out now. Yeah. And uh, before we get any further on this, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the uh, scenario we played on. 
because it, it was sucked. awful. I mean, maybe we did something wrong, but it was the worst uh, scenario in history. All right, so um, we played. And I played on, Mark too. <laughs> we played on the absolute pressure scenario. Anyone that has their book and they're like, "Which one's that?" Well, it's the one that's laid out in a tic-tac-toe grid. There's no objectives. There's no scoring elements other than at the end of the pulse round, do you have a model in one of those nine grids, uh, squares? And if you do, great, you score it. And if you don't, then you don't score it. And if an enemy model is in your square, then it's contesting and no one scores it. Well, this might be a great scenario if we have a lot of things. We don't. So, yeah. Um, not doing this one again. Uh, lessons learned. Uh, and that's going to become more and more apparent uh, towards the end. Also, I, I, like, he explained it to me, but I didn't get it until we started scoring. Yeah, the, um, I didn't have a good way of describing the, the uh, tic-tac-toe grid. And uh, there was questions and, like, well... You have objective tokens down. I'm like, yes, those are the intersections. And long story short, it was a little confusing for a couple turns there. But anyways, uh, that sorted itself out later. Um, yeah, trying different scenarios next time. Moving on. Um, I think that's pretty much all the setup we really need, I would think. So I went first. I won the, di I, I, I won the dice roll off and I went first. Yep. And, um, I put my... Oh, terrain. Super quick. Um, we didn't have any 3D terrain. That might have made a big difference if we had. Yeah, we don't own any 3D terrain um, before we were using... I don't know where we'd store it. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a problem with six tiny little hands run, uh, going around through things, um, our children that being. Um, I, had so, to keep, I had to keep the whelp all day from eating my cork board. I had to move it in like three different places. Yeah. Uh, so let's see here. We had, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to lay out the table according to the marcher players, uh, side. Cause that's how I notated it on from right to left and whatnot. So anything you're looking at, it's how the marcher player would look at it. So on the right hand side, we had, uh, a small forest centrally placed. We had some clouds close to the marcher player and then uh, another, uh, forest closer to the, um, uh, closer to lock. And then uh, centrally placed, we had uh, a, another, uh, no, it was a building, uh, dead center in front of the marcher world. Uh, and then we had a forest up from there. And on the left-hand side, it was uh, another forest. There was just a lot of forest, okay? We were fighting in a forest. Uh, and uh, up from that was a impassable terrain. I think it was a boulder, if I'm not mistaken. And eh, didn't come up. Anyways, um, yeah, that was kind of how it is. So heavily forested, one building that's centrally placed uh, for the Marcher Worlds. However, it's kind of in the way of things. And it's not far, far enough up to really do much with. Not that the Marcher Worlds want to get close, but you know. And yeah, that's basically it. So lots of 
obscuring terrain, forests, and a blocking terrain. He, he, structure, my apologies, structure that didn't really come up. Yeah, he had. He sort of had the better terrain. He did have the better terrain. I'm, the obscuring terrain really came up a lot. The lack of line of sight. Okay, so one of the things I did, um, first off, is when I deployed, I deployed on my right, I put my unit. Um, and then on my left, I put my jack. Yep. And sort of centrally, I put my weaver. So that was my deployment. And then I got counter-deployed like hard. Yes. I don't know if he realized that that's what he was doing uh, or not at the time, but yeah, that's what happened. So, um, one of my unit's special abilities is if you put a pull or if you put a, um, a magical glowy thingy on it. Um, essence. Magical glowy thingy. Arc. Magical glowy thingy. Magical glowy thingy. Um, on it, it, um, it can go, it gets stealth. And so, which is really good against Marcher Worlds because they've got the range for days. So he had his two, um, what were they, hunters? Yes, his two hunters. He, so I really wanted, <coughs> I really wanted my guys to go, or that unit to go to, against his two hunters. So I had a chance to get close to him and, you know, try to kick his ass. But he deployed both of them on the exact opposite side of the field against my jack. Yep. And I, I, I don't I don't think he did it on purpose, but it was it was so such a hard yeah counter that I because I, I didn't I didn't want to get my jack too close I didn't want to give it to the hunters it, plus there was a bunch of four it was just, it was it was painful yeah and across from your uh, squad was his squad and his weaver yeah 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 all right so um. The notes state here that um, you won the die roll, you went first, you took your squad, and you moved it up centrally and dropped a void gate with two arc on it uh, that you placed ahead of your squad to try and get that deployment up there. And then you activated your weaver and moved toward uh, what you thought was the objective marker on your left side, the Marcher World's right. Uh, that was partly my fault for not being able to describe exactly what the scenario if looked you, if like. You, if you're just taking a ruler and been like, eh, 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 or like a piece of string, I would not have just... It, it, yeah, more visual representation, or just this, not using that scenario. was a comedy of error. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, so, um, you, um, there was a little bit of... Oh, I, I also have to give you a little, like, um, late warning. Um, the dice hated us, both of us, equally. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I, I know this guy who used to talk about how when the dice were bad, he would take one and then he would line up all the rest of his dice around him in like a Coliseum arena-esque type setting. Uh -huh. And then he would smash that dice with a hammer. So uh -huh. the other dice learned. And I was very tempted to do that to these <laughs> dice. Maybe if we buy some more sets, then we'll have enough spares for you to do that. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So, anyway, so you uh, go up, you place uh, the gate, you move over the weaver, and that's basically your turn. There's not really a whole lot else you can do there. So, Marcher World goes. He uh, 
puts a charge on his far right hunter. Uh, there's some uh, rules checking we ended up doing here a lot um, about how many charges and whatnot per turn, but we figure it all out, get that taken care of. And the hunter advances up on the right-hand side uh, and then do, 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 then activates his squad and moves them up and places the gate also ahead of them uh, up the field, but he only places one arc on it. Does he actually place an arc on it? Because I thought this was the one where he forgot to place the arc and then it vanished. Um, do, 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 do. You're right. He was going to put one on it, but he chose not to, and we never clarified what was going on there. And so on his next turn, that gate actually collapses, uh, which was kind of a mistake on our part, but, well, we learned. So, yeah. Anyways, um, so that's what he does. Going back to you, um, you put a charge onto the Scourge and then activate it. You move it up towards the hunters, uh, although not all the way up. Uh, you only move it up all but one inch of your movement. I don't remember what its actual movement is. I think it's six. You move it to five. Uh, and then you deploy a weaver out of your gate, but opt not to... Um, oh, no, my apologies. Um, you deploy a weaver and a hero, and this is on the Marcher World's left side, uh, next to the big forest. Yeah, yeah, side. so my gate was directly behind a forest, so I applied, or I, I deployed these two things into the forest. Yep. Um, which Where they proceeded to live for the rest of the match. Where they proceeded to live, yes. They, they, they cut down, they made little log cabins, they, they lived there together in... Solo bliss. Oh my. <laughs> yes. yes. So um yeah, so they um I don't I don't know if placing both of them there was I, I was expecting to move them all around the place and they just ended up just camping out. So the hero here in question, in case anyone's not sure who it is, it's uh Herethios Raxus, uh who will be Raxus from henceforward. Uh, who can also do weavery things and casting spells. And he has an ability that gives me an extra card in my hand. Yep. And cover. Oh yeah! If you uh, charge him, he gives you cover. Yep. Play some magical doodad on him and he'll give you cover. Yep. So, yeah. And uh, that's your turn. So the uh, Marcher Worlds, uh, he forgot to put the Ark on the gate uh, and it vanishes. And from that point forward, he, let's see here. Da -da -da -da. He activates the Hunter that is not charged on his right side and moves it up behind a cloud. And then his weaver on his uh, eh, kind of center left advances up six inches and places another gate almost exactly where the previous one was, just a little further up from that point, with three arc on it. Because he doesn't want to vanish this time. 
Uh, and then he ends his turn. There's nothing else really in range or anything. So then it goes back to you, and you charge Raxus. Yep. 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 Get that cover going. And that extra card, or is that just base, just for having him out? For him existing in that forest. Must have been one hell of a forest. <laughs> So anyways, uh, and then you cast a Fury at the March of World's Gates. But um, nothing happens. Yeah, lots of misses. Uh, and it also splashes onto the Weaver. The Weaver doesn't take any damage. Um, you then shoot uh, a gun Ooh, with your Weaver, but also it misses. Doesn't do anything yep uh so this is where you're starting to have some issues with your plans not working i i i spent a lot of time this game coming up with very brilliant plans and they all failed miserably yep okay go on so you then discard a card and draw up to your maximum hand size, which is now six instead of five. Yep. So, yeah. So, what? how do you feel about the game state at this point? Like, positioning and everything? I don't know. It's, it's a lot of... It boils down to a lot of... We didn't... I didn't know what the scenario really was. Yeah. And it just, it, it, it reflects a lot in, in where I place stuff and, and how I move them. And it still, it shows an error of, that I need practice. Yeah, we, we do. Um, yeah, really. <laughs> and a better explanation of the uh, scenario and whatnot. Yeah. But, okay, all right, fair enough. Also, I, I feel like we need more models. Also appears that you are incapable of reading lips. As I was trying to be like, don't forget about, don't forget about this thing over here. Don't forget about this. You thing. know very well I am incapable of reading lips. <laughs> well, I occasionally forget. I, <laughs> I, I, it's not, it's not. I, I cannot read people's lips. Nope. Yeah. Um, so there, there's various points throughout uh, the Marcher players' uh, activation where abilities were being forgotten. And at first I was trying to be subtle and, like, mouth out, like, don't forget about, you know, X ability. And then I'm just like, okay. So I just, you know, came out and said it. Uh, and it was totally fine. I was going to say it out loud anyway so that the Marcher player knew what was going on. So, you know, clairvoyance. But You could have texted me. I had my phone on me. You were using it for notes. Oh, oh yeah, that would have been weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, the Marcher World player, um, he has a uh, he has to clear off all of his activation tokens. He charges his Weaver and casts a. Um, goes to cast a spell, which we discover later um you don't actually have to charge your weaver to cast a spell through it so we were 
we were under the impression that you had to have a, a magical doodad on your weaver to cast a spell through that weaver. Due to a misunderstanding from watching something online. And so we've been playing that way. We continue to play that way for the rest of the game, but we will not play that way moving forward. Yes. So more lessons learned, which is good. Um, so if you're wondering why um, I have weavers on the board and they're not casting spells, it's because I'm an idiot. We we need to read rules. I I was, you know, you say you're an idiot. But I'm like, well, I'm kind of one too, because I was the one that read the damn rules and I got it wrong too. Yes, yes. Anyways, um, so yeah, okay. So he decides not to cast anything with that weaver, uh, but instead activates his squad and starts shooting at uh, Raxus, and proceeds to miss with all blanks. On yes. all of his attack rolls. The start of the comedy of errors has occurred. Yes. Um, oh, my apologies. He gets one hit. One hit. But and he does damage. He does one damage. Oh, he does one damage? He does okay. one damage to Raxus. I think that's the only damage Raxus takes the Spoiler entire alert. game. Raxus saves, survives the entire game. Yep. Without ever going anywhere after deployment. Um, he then activates his very far right hunter and moves it up. And goes to attack the Scourge, but it's out of range. By, like, a quarter of an inch? Oh, it, was, it was pretty close. Um, so then he deploys through his three Arcanescence gate, his Dusk Wolf, and leaves the gate on one arc. Um, let's see here. Meanwhile, while all this is going on, I'm dealing with a baby who is fighting asleep like a boss. Uh in the background while they're doing this and taking notes on her phone. I just yep. felt like sharing. Um, let's see here. Do, 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 do. Now, there is, this is the point where we realize that there's a lot of confusion about the actual scenario itself. Because it's the end of the pulse round, it's time for scoring. Correct. Or, the end on. of the first pulse round ends. And the score, after we figure everything out, is 3-3. Three to three. When Castor and I thought that we were, like, she was ahead. We thought, lock. You're lock, I'm Castor. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, uh, when we thought that uh, lock was ahead by one point, when really, it was an even score. Um, <laughs> don't give me that look. Um, this I'm like sorry. Is looking at the ceiling. Yeah, I... We've only been doing this for nine episodes. I'm going to... I should have it straightened out by now. Anyways. Um, so... Your turn. Yeah. You cast... Instability Equation on the Dusk Wolf. And miss. And it does nothing! And then you activate Raxus, who shoots at the Dusk Wolf. And it does nothing! You roll all blanks. Uh, then you deploy a uh, Marauder. I wrote down Marauder, but it wasn't actually a Marauder. You deployed a Weaver. Yes, it was your other Weaver. Who probably does nothing. And then you put down a gate behind the left side forest with one arc. Now this leaves uh, two gates on your side of the table. One on your right and one on your left. Both with one arc on them. Because I've got two models left on the side field, and they both cast one arc. Yes. And I'm going to try to be tricky, and I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, 
Make a model useless by making it sit in a zone and do nothing. Because that's how you win this scenario. Apparently! Alright, next. Uh, Marcher Worlds. He decides he needs... Okay, so he sits down and he stares at the board for a while. And then he decides that he needs to better use his Dusk Wolf because so far it hasn't really done anything useful. And he needs a gate on the right side. So that's kind of his strategy that turn. I know this because he verbalized it. <laughs> um, and then he decides to charge his other hunters. So now both of his hunters have stealth. Uh, and then he advances his Dusk Wolf up and tries to melee Raxus, but he's it out of range. It does nothing. <laughs> he's out of range by like a... 32nd of an inch or something like it's that. A comedy to you bears. <laughs> they either aren't close enough or do nothing. Yep. Yeah, basically. I have summed up the whole rest of the game for you. You can continue to listen, but that's the rest of the... Okay, like, one thing dies, but... Two. One for each side. <laughs> I think that's really it. Yeah. Um, but uh, what ends up happening, and he's like, well, crap, I'm out of range with my, uh, my blade here, so I'm just going to shoot you in the face. So he shoots Raxus with the battle rifle and rolls all blanks. Then he tries again with the railgun and actually hits with a single strike and does one point of damage exactly. Not to Raxus. Um, that would have taken Raxus off the field. Oh, you're right. It wasn't Raxus. I was re I was reading ahead. It was to your Weaver. So now your Weaver and Raxus both have one damage on them. Yeah. Uh, trying to get Raxus and Raxus's forest. You can't get Raxus and Raxus's forest. <laughs> uh, he then activates his uh, remaining hunter, moves it up behind the cloud. Um, but poking out a little bit, he shoots at the Scourge and is in range, but misses with blanks. Does that again. Uh, he then uh, spikes, I believe. He, he, he does a repositioning move back. And I think he spikes to do... Yes, he spikes to do that. Uh, he goes back behind the cloud, so now there's no line of sight. And he casts Aggression Theorem on the Dusk Wolf, which, uh, for those of you who don't know what that one does, I actually have it memorized, it allows a target model to immediately make a melee or ranged attack. So he then uses it... Pages... Uh, to attack and kills the weaver, but not the weaver next to him. Not the weaver, not Rexus. No, he kills the one on the other side of the table in the back line. In that back zone. It was the only thing in that zone. And uh, chooses not to deploy anything out of his void gates. Um, but he does place another void gate on the right hand side. Uh, next to his two hunters and puts two arcanescence on it and then ends his turn yes all right so your turn um you did i skip a page here i think you totally skipped a page no no i did not I'm looking at your notes. That's too short for the rest of the game. There's only three... For how long it took to transcribe all this, there's only three pages. Yeah. yeah. Okay, keep going. 
All right. There, yeah, there's there's a lot throughout all of this. There's rules checks, some him and Han getting some water, using the bathroom, all that fun stuff. So if you if you look at the recordings, you can tell time wise which recordings are mine and which recordings are the Marshall World player, because my recordings are concise uh, and and they're short. Three five minutes. I I go. I move my models. I miss a bunch, and then I'm done. His are at least three to five minutes longer than mine. At the same time, you have at least one more one more match than him under his belt at this point. He's uh, played one game. This I've is also played War Machine a lot longer than he has. Yeah, true. You've played miniature games a lot longer. So, yeah. Um, all right, so it goes back to you. You remove Ark from your right side gate, collapsing it. And then you activate uh, the Reavers. And they all advance up on the Dusk Wolf. But before you do that... <sighs> You cast a Cypher card on them, allowing each of them an additional attack this activation. So that's three models, two attacks each. I want you to guess what they do. Did you guess nothing? Because that's right. So, yeah. Um, they all attack the Dusk Wolf. And, and, and one actually manages to hit and do a single point of damage. One hits, does one point of damage... And out of six attacks. He goes, he goes, um, something like, um, well, at least you scratched it. Yes. Oh, no, don't, don't get upset. You at least scratched his paint and you're like, your commentary is not appreciated. Because at this point, I make plans, I roll my dice, my dice do nothing, and I am starting to go full tilt. Yes. I am, I am barely holding it together. I am... I am getting so incredibly enraged. Yeah. And he doesn't realize that we've shifted modes. And so he's still trying to be all jokey. And I'm about ready to start chucking the table. Yes. Um, he hasn't... He's lost a lot of his recent matches. And he was really enjoying himself. And it really, really showed... Uh, unfortunately, you weren't enjoying yourself quite as much, and he didn't quite catch on to that fact. Yeah, but I don't I don't think he's ever really seen another player go full tilt before. That that could be a fair point there. I don't I don't know that he has seen a player go full tilt. And you were pretty dang close to full tilt. I, I managed to pull it back before the end, but oh it was we were teetering. Yeah, and you you pull yourself back, you collect yourself a bit, you activate uh, Raxus, who shoots the Desk Wolf and also misses with uh, a single strike, and he rolls like six. Um, so you continue. You cast a Cypher card to get an additional attack with a model. Uh, I did not den denote which one because no one stated and I wasn't looking. Um, but I was able to determine it also misses. Um, <gasps> oh. oh, no, it's denoted later here as a squad member, as one of his um, fire team squad members. You then deploy your marauder from the gate on uh, the Marcher World's left-hand side, directly behind Raxus, uh, partially into the woods. And you discard, draw up, and then you turn. So yeah, uh, Marcher Worlds, he charges his Weaver, activates it, 
moves it up to contest the center left zone and shoots uh, your weaver and misses because you rolled higher than him. Not because of blanks, which came up a lot as you... Anyone keeping track at home? I'd love to see a scoreboard on this so far uh, of how many misses versus anything else uh, via blanks. He then deploys a hunter on the far right side. Um, interesting. I messed up on my notation somewhere. Because... Oh, no, wait. You killed that hunter. This is the point where you killed that hunter on your turn. I missed a line here. I just realized. So you... Um, on the last AC turn that I was just talking about... Lockyer did manage to kill a hunter uh, on the far right side uh, with the Scourge. And uh, then... Um, there's another page of notes, by the way. There's four pages. Oh, yes. okay. Uh, and then he deploys a hunter uh, back, so he's back up to two hunters on that side. And... Uh, da -da -da -da. So, puts out the hunter on the right-hand side, and everything is activated, so he's done. Um, he doesn't do any cipher cards or anything like that, and then you activate. Mm -hmm. So, on your turn, you choose not to charge. You activate your Scourge, and you shoot at the Dusk Wolf. Missing. Not with uh, blanks. That was just... didn't roll high enough strikes. Uh, you do cast a cipher at... The weaver on his left with four strikes and kill it. Everything else is activated, so your turn is over. Um, the oh yes, uh, this is the point where you point out that his gate that he deployed the hunter out of no longer has arcanescence on it. And with that, I believe your exact words were, "That gate's gone, motherfucker. You better remove it." <laughs> We now need to put an expli explicit thing on the front of. Oh well, it's one one little word. We've been pretty good up till now. Uh, his yeah, only I mean, response. Go so, on, go on. His only response to that was, "Oh yeah, I meant to remove that." I I get I get kind of I get kind of cussy. A <laughs> little bit. Um. So you end your turn, and then the March of Worlds turn, unfortunately, we lost the audio on that. Uh, so I don't know what happens on his turn, but I can tell you one thing. He doesn't kill anything. I can uh, tell you what happened. Nothing! Probably. Uh, so the pulse round two ends. And the score is six to seven in the March of Worlds' favor. Because of shenanigans and, and, and hunters and, and BS. Yeah. Basically. So it goes back to you. Yeah. You know what? If it wasn't for all of the notes we had on this game, we probably would not have done a battle report on it. Probably not. It is kind of a boring game when you think about it. <laughs> the, it would have been a lot funnier to watch because just me getting mad. So, um... It, it, yeah, it was definitely a game of a whole lot of, I move a thing, I roll some dice, they're all blank, we move on, I move a thing, I roll some dice, oh look, a single strike, 
And you rolled higher than me. Okay, moving on now. Yeah. Okay, uh, okay, yeah. go on. All right. we're, we're getting close to being done. All right, so your turn. And this is the beginning of the last pulse round. So you charge your marauder, activate your weaver, and shoot the dusk wolf, but miss, predictably at this point. Your marauder then activates and moves up and attacks the dusk wolf with two strikes and spikes to cripple system the dusk wolf and you do the roll and this knocks out its melee uh weapon with a system failure still alive is still alive you do manage to do one point of damage to it leaving it on one health um at that point all of your models have all their activation tokens on them so you can't activate anything else uh, and you opt not to do any ciphers because you don't have anything useful so you end your turn marcher worlds chooses not to charge because he doesn't have anything to charge with so great choice there uh, and this point we mess up some cipher rules this is the point when we realize that you don't have to put an arcanescence on a weaver to cast through it yeah so fun fact you can't do that um, or, or you you can have to. you don't have to so uh he does however decide not to cast a cipher card through it uh, as he decides on a different plan of action and instead his weaver shoots the marauder and misses and chooses to put down a void gate on his left center side uh, with two arcanescence on it your turn you remove all of your activation tokens Charge your Scourge and activate the Marauder and clamps the clamps, clamps the Dusk Wolf. The clamps. The clamps. The clamps. I gave him the clamps. But you rolled all blanks on your damage. You hit, but you rolled all blanks on damage. Which was the first time in this game that all blanks on damage came up. Okay, so what if I take a dice... That isn't part of the set. Just, uh -huh. just another dice. Uh -huh. One that hasn't really done anything to me. And I smash that with a hammer. And I'd be like, look, dice. This dice did nothing to me. Imagine what I'm going to do to you. Because you've betrayed me so. You gave it to clams. <laughs> <laughs> we have plenty of extra dice. Go for it. That, that's fine with me. As long as you pick everything up for the uh, kids and whatnot. Go for it. Um. So, yeah. You then... Um, activate your Reaver Squad, and they move up to Stabby Stab. Do not... Or do they actually do something? I can't remember. No, they proceed to miss all three attacks. Uh, I really need to play more Cypher cards. Okay. Yep. Okay. So the Marcher Worlds activates, and he removes all activation tokens, chooses not to charge once again, even though he has an Arcan Essence now. Okay, so so I want to want to point out at, at this point I've done the I've, I've I've looked around, and and I want him to stay in this one section where he's at. Yes. Because if he stays in that one section where where he's at, I just have to do a little wiggling, and because we can't kill each other, uh, and I will have more spaces than him. Yep. Guess what he does? He moves. He moves! And deploys. And deploys! Yes. 
So this is how his, his turn goes. He activates the Dusk Wolf and attacks uh, the Reavers, killing two of them. Activates the Far Right Hunter and gets four strikes and doing one point of damage to the Scourge, uh, dropping into one health. And uh, spikes over into a different zone uh, that you aren't in. And then ends with a deployment of his hero into a different zone. And ends his turn... And this is when you... This, you... Is, this is when I look at the board, and I really look at the board. Yeah. And we each have a turn left, and I've looked at the board, and I realize that there is nothing I can possibly do. We go over some scenarios on if you move here and shoot that, but you don't have line of sight to anything. Oh, oops. I don't have any way of winning this game. There is, I, I, no matter what I move or, or where I put anything, I, I do the math in my head during his turn. I do the math in my head when I, when it comes to my turn and there is, I'm not going to win the game. We can continue playing and shooting at each other, but it's not going to help. So, and, and I'm, I'm still fighting the tilt. I'm still fighting yeah. to right the yeah. ship. So I just say, good game. We shake hands and then it's over. Yeah, basically. So, um. I, I, maybe we're doing this scenario wrong, and if you nar, let us know. Um, yeah. You know, we, we need more games on it, really. Really, we need more games. I think it would also help if... Um, we had more models? At least one more squad each. Maybe another jack. Mm. I think... I think that would help, at the very least. <sighs> yeah. Oh. Well, that's kind of how that one ended up. Um, takeaways um, it's easier to kill things when you hit <laughs> and we hate this scenario yes. so yeah That's so that was our very first time doing a Warcaster battle report uh, and, and, and another thing I, I, I think we've taken away from this is we'll have a dedicated note person Yes, we will. Uh, I was busy dealing with the baby for a lot of that, but next time maybe we'll wait until he goes down for his nap. He, or he goes to bed. I mean, he's in bed right now. Gonna bust it out of game. But we're recording. This is a great time to record. Yes. yes. No crying, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. So in some other news, uh, you set up a thingy. I did. I set up a thingy, and that thingy is called Kofi. What you can do is... It's a tip jar! Yeah, you can go and uh, tip us. So somebody has expressed interest in supporting us on something like like Patreon or something like that. Yep. And we looked into Patreon, and we do not have the time to dedicate to support a Patreon. Correct. Patreon they... creates or wants a lot out of you to have um, a website and, and give a lot, and, and, and you, know, you have to have monthly support. Um, and content. You have to push out a consistent amount of uh, content that we don't necessarily... We can't guarantee that we'll have the time to do that at month to month, week to week. Yeah. So, um, Kofi lets us have a, a tip jar. Yep. So, um, you don't have to subscribe to us or anything like that. If nope. you just want to 
donate money to us, you can donate money to us, and yep. there are and all... And it starts at the cost of a cup of coffee, which the average for the U.S. apparently is $3, because that's what it's set at. So, meh. Ah, you're the one that drinks coffee. Actually, for a 12-ounce, $3 is about right. Um, so if you want to, like, you know, give us a tip, you don't have to. We don't really care. Um, it's just somebody asked us if we were going to do that and, and kept asking. So we did. Um, and And one, one thing about Kofi, uh, versus Patreon is Patreon takes, uh, five to 20% of every single donation you make to that person, uh, regardless of what it's for. And they also don't allow you to do single time, uh, donations. Like if you just want to do a one off, Kofi lets you do that. It's really cool, and we get to uh, 100% of what you donate, the person you donate gets, which is really cool. Yeah, and it gives us options for possible merchandise in the future. Yep. Which, I don't know what we're going to Merchandise support, crowdfunding if we ever decide to do that for any reason. Um, it just opens up a lot of options, and at most they take 5% if it's a big thing. Uh, but that that's if you really get up there into like the several hundred dollar range. Everything else Which is basically unlikely. free. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, yeah. that, that's Kofi. In order to uh, go there, go to ko-fi.com forward slash warnouns. That's where you'll find us. I'll also have that linked in our Twitter, and I will have it linked in the show notes. Cool. Yeah. I just gave him thumbs up. Because <laughs> you can't hear, because you, you can't, because you can't hear my thumbs. <laughs> um. So, we might try to do a um episode on the retribution kid. We'll see what happens. Yep. Uh, tonight maybe I'm looking at the time. We'll see. Uh, if not, I would like to have that done. Oh, you're gonna go play on somebody's YouTube channel. Um, uh, so the gaming store we we have we game at has a YouTube channel. What's it called? I don't know yet. I'm gonna find out tomorrow when okay, we do should, that, and then we'll put that into the yeah. I'll, I'll put it in our so Twitter. And he's I'll... gonna be on a he's gonna be on the on, on our gaming store's YouTube channel playing a game with our uh, Menoth player. Menoth player, yeah. You should you should ask him. To come up with a name so we don't have to just call, keep calling them Minoth players. The Screwtator. I'll ask him. Yeah. Because because I know who would be the Screwtator, and it's not a Minoth player. No, that's true. That's true. It would not. Uh, I don't know what he'd be. We'll have to ask. But yeah, yeah I'm going to play a game against him. We're going to play some Brawl Machine. And I still got to figure out what I'm using. Trolls. It'll be trolls, whatever it is. I was just very to say that. Um, so you can find us on Twitter. We've been talking about that. Uh, it's uh, Warnouns. Yep. And you can find me on Instagram. I have a Twitter too, but I don't really check it. But I have an Instagram and I pay more attention to that. I'm at Wargamermama. Wargamermama. You can also find me on Discord at Ellen Heru. That is E L E N H E R U. Uh, you're welcome to send me a message. You can also find me in the Trollblood Retribution or Grimkin chat at r slash War Machine or LOS uh, Line of Sight channel. 
Um, yeah. I just want to let you know that we love having you here with us, and um, we'll talk to you again, hopefully very soon. Bye! Thank you for listening to this episode of War Nouns. Music for this podcast was provided by Prodelus. That's P-A-R-A-D-E-L-O-U-S. You can check out his YouTube channel, Prodelus, or listen to his music uh, from Bandcamp by going to prodelus.bandcamp.com. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.